So for Literally. those of you who don't know, I'm here today with Stephen Huh. You might know him also by Stephen He. Yes. That's how the outside world might recall him. Stephen not only is a hugely successful creator, but also comes from over five years of theatrical training. <laughs> Jesus, yes. And has yes. plans to completely change the way that filmmaking is done. I do. You're actually going to make do. it profitable. <laughs> actually, yes. That's never happened before. <laughs> I think what's crazy is you told mm. me that on the production you did, on Shark Tank with Joma and Jeannie uh, and Tusev Island, yeah. you actually made more money than you spent. Yes. And you had an actual shoot. You brought in production people. Yeah, we hired about 30, yeah. about 30 people. Insane. This wasn't you just filming with your iPhone. No, this was, uh, we went pretty big. Uh, I, I decided to shoot seven cameras real time, which was a pretty dumb decision now that I've done it. <laughs> but you made but, money. That's incredible. You made something yes. that people like to watch that you feel good about that actually made more than a cost. It absolutely made more than a cost. Uh, and there was a social impact as well that kind of shocked me. It, uh, it was more than I expected. Like that week, because we had accomplished something that has never been done before, we simultaneously took over trending six, seven, and one. That week on the streets, I'd be in Chinatown and Chinese people would come up to me and say, yo, I've been watching YouTube for 10 years. I've never seen Asian people you know, all over the trending board, all over recommended, all over the suggested page. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, yeah, I got messages like uh, kids telling me, you know, they're the, they're the only Asian kid in their school and they weren't so confident about it. But now everyone runs around screaming, emotional damage! <laughs> emotional damage! And all of a sudden they feel cooler and they're more yeah. proud to be themselves. So that, that kind of shook me. And I was like, okay, uh, there's, there's more to just me making a video. It's actually quite impactful. So I grew up in the United <laughs> States. Specifically, yeah. I grew up in Indiana. Okay. And nobody was like mean to me. Yeah. But I think there's a concept you internalize, hey, I'm different. Mm. And I just got so used to being around people who didn't look like me. That the first time mm. I moved to California, I called my mom up. <laughs> I said, you won't believe this. I'm not at a Chinese supermarket, H Mart. I'm not on college campus. And there's just like Asian people just like walking around. Yeah. I legitimately called her and I'm like, I am amazed. And I thought about That's it and crazy. I just like felt a little bit happier. It's just like that extra 5% more happiness on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. Feeling like, oh, cool. I'm not just that guy who stands out. Mm -hmm. And then I also noticed everything I watched also didn't have people who looked like me exactly. in it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and so, there's still till 2022. It's still like extremely rarely yeah. do you see a leading Asian star in a film extremely rarely so I got to give like massive props to Shang-Chi you know to to the legends yeah. that lead the way uh, Henry Golding but what a surreal Jones. moment yeah Shang-Chi in particular <clears throat> I remember just sitting there in the theater and I'm like oh my gosh like this is cool, cool. yeah right it's awesome I, I, I love hearing your perspective uh, because I find it such an interesting American culture so I come from a very different perspective um, than you guys in the way that I came to the United States five years ago, yeah. uh, like myself. I bought a ticket and I came here wow. uh, and I went through immigration and now I'm, a, I'm on a work visa to be in the United States. Um, and I experience it as if like, okay, I'm coming to your country. Um, I will you know, respect your rules and I will assimilate to your culture, the United States. Um, 
And that's exactly why I, I say Stephen He when I'm speaking English. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, I'm. What's the correct pronunciation? He. He. So I was closer the first yeah, time I good. said you're it. You're good. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I have a feeling of, you know, I, I'm in your land, so I will assimilate to you. Uh, language and everything and behavior and manners and everything but you guys are american yes and that kind of like blows my mind and i hear a lot of stories um like the one you you just told about being asian in america and what that's like so i'm very fascinated by that what i especially love when you talked about taking the number one number six number seven trending spots yeah once upon a time, when YouTube first came out, it was so new and so weird. Mm-hmm. Most people didn't even give it a bother. Mm-hmm. But a few did. And early on, there were actually a good number of Asian American creators. Mm-hmm. And then everyone realized what a bonanza, what an opportunity it was. Yeah. Everyone Huge. started coming in. You know, Stephen, most days in LA, I okay. find myself in gatherings and meetings where I'm the only Asian American there. And like, it's fine, <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> except <laughs> I notice it. Mm. And I think it, it's a self-perpetuating cycle. I feel many Asian Americans, I grew up with my parents being like, you need to go be a banker, a lawyer, a doctor. All facts, yes. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. got to work hard because we worked hard. Yeah. And for me yeah. at a young kid to be like, actually, mom and dad, I want to do something creative. Yeah. Them coming from a place of love, but coming from a place exactly. of fear would be like, absolutely not. And absolutely, so yeah. I think that's why Partially, we haven't seen as many Asian American creators and the ones we have seen, many of them, for example, I'm seeing Mickey Rye tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Who is a killer creator, but also comes from nursing, right? Jeannie huh. Weenie had many different occupations before, yes. including flight attendant, flight attendant right? right? Steve, right. Steve Yoe, if I'm pronouncing that mm-hmm. right, previously was an EMT. Uh-huh. Joma was a software engineer. Yeah. Who worked at YouTube. Who worked, exactly, enough. exactly. Yeah. And I noticed this because the story I make in my head is in the States, or Melissa Ong was also a software engineer at Google. Oh, Melissa? Yeah, really? Melissa, yeah. Damn. Okay. I actually asked her, I was like, wow, was it hard for you to quit Google? And she's like, nah, Eric, I had a handle of Hennessy. I took 10 bong rips. I came into my Google office on a scooter and I said, fuck you, I'm out. I love how true she is she to herself. She was a Google software engineer. That is absolutely nuts. And the story I make is because so many of us had this burning creative desire and urge, and we faced a world where it told us, ooh, like, do you really want to try this? Like, yeah, yeah. You should try something different. And so, when I met you for the first time at VidCon, I was blown away by the ambition and background you came from. Because the first thing when I got to know you better, Stephen, wasn't, oh, you know, I did emotional damage. I've had millions of views. Yeah. I'm wildly successful. The first thing was, no, 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 no. Like I'm working on something big. You're normal. I'm working on a production to show that you can make films, leveraging everything I've learned as a creator and make it work. And I'm coming from years of theatrical training. I'm like, here's someone who, I mean, I want to hear more about the journey. You realized really quickly on this is what you want to do. And you just went for it. Yes, 13 years old. And I'll, I'll share something, yeah. a story that... um absolutely resonates with the point you made about the career the career choices and it's funny enough it, it very much relates in china as well uh, I, I was 13 years old i told my mom i wanted to be an actor um and uh <laughs> they didn't take me that seriously you know you're a kid they think oh, i want to be superman blah 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 they, they just thought i was being a kid yeah uh, but then they realized i was serious and my mom sat me down on my bed one night and and she said with full sincerity and love she said you don't look like the people on TV. Yeah. That's what she said to me. And, and the, 
you know, it did affect me. Like that did kind of kind of push it back. But I was ambitious enough that I wanted to do it anyway. And I stuck with it. <clears throat> uh, so that's first. And then went on this journey. Um, and now in content creation, I have found just so much more with, you know, just have, first of all, having a career, of course, making rent and stuff. And then actually causing impact, actually causing impact that will... Um, that will change certain industries for the better. And that's what I try to do anyway. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we need to come along and uh, reinvent, uh, give the people better content to enjoy, give more opportunities to uh, more, you know, people who previously wouldn't have had opportunities like 13-year-old yeah. me. Uh, so that I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> How did 13-year-old you... Yeah power through that because that's insane to have your parents look and be like Stephen nobody looks like you yeah on screen why do you think you can do this and the worst thing is I'm not even like I'm not even handsome hey hey don't say I'm that like a well below average looking guy I think you're a great looking fellow <laughs> I was a chubby kid <laughs> especially at like around 13 like 40 I was a chubby kid well that in a way actually makes you even better looking because it's the journey that went behind it you've made yourself Oh, that's a fun. That's an interesting. To where you are now, right? There's character. You're not just good looking. There's character in how you're good looking. Oh boy! I have to, wow! I'm gonna write that down later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was. What were we talking about? Uh, yeah, age thirteen. Your parents oh, are like, how yeah. Did I, yeah. How, how did, did you I, power through? I was. I was. It was a mix of stubbornness and optimism. And I, actually, I want to give credit to one thing here. For real, for real, uh, there was a seed planted into my head that cemented that it was possible. Mm. And that was the first YouTuber I had ever watched. It was KSI. I talk about this yeah. quite, quite openly. Um, I, I was maybe about 13, 14 years old. This is way early. And I remember I subscribed to KSI when he was at about 600,000 subscribers. Wow, very early. Um, kind of randomly, I stumbled upon YouTube and his video was unrecommended. I watched his video. I had so much fun. I laughed. I really enjoyed it. And I kept consuming his content. And then I saw with my own eyes a not coming from a rich family kid, you know, not from like the son of Disney, yeah. CEO, a rather average kid going from playing video games in his bedroom to a global superstar. Mm. Uh, that was what cemented into my head that I could do it too. Mm. Um, so I, I, I need to give credit to KSI for uh, making me not become a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably the reason I'm not a lawyer right now. Um, so yeah, that, that was, I, I would credit that to him, the, the reason I stuck with it. And <clears throat> having that seed implanted in you, going through high school, when you were in college, what did you study? Oh boy, so that was a continuation from what mm -hmm. I'd been doing since I was 13. I started at 13, auditioned, did a bunch of theater, uh, you know, China, a little bit in Limerick, and then at 17 years old, the only thing I wanted to study was acting. And like my mom wanted me to get a university degree, mm -hmm. like every Asian parent of wants course. their children to do. So uh, we, well, I just naturally came, I want to do a degree in acting. Uh, at the time I was 17 years old, this is very dumb, I applied to every acting school I could, rather um, all the prestigious schools in London, because I was in Ireland. It was like a, an hour away. It was very convenient. Uh, the only school I could apply to 
was a university. I couldn't get into any of the conservatories or academies because they legally cannot accept 17-year-olds. Um, so the only school I had the access to apply for was Regents University. Mm -hmm. I applied and I got in and I did a, a bachelor's degree in acting for three years. Mm -hmm. That was a lot more academic than I would have liked. I wanted to act, but yeah. I was put in classrooms, you know, <laughs> writing essays and, wow. and uh, reading about hundred-year-old white people. <laughs> That's kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it wasn't what I wanted, for sure. It wasn't what I wanted. But I, I didn't have the smart or intelligence to leave and go, okay, I want to actually act. Uh, but that happened. And then after that... I wanted to continue acting. I had already been been doing stuff while I was in that degree, like uh, theater shows, majority theater. I didn't do much TV back then, uh, including some shows on uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which mm -hmm. is great. We had a, a run of 24 shows of a play there and a bunch of shows around uh, London, like Park Theater. Uh, we were in Marlebon Theater once. Wow. So I did a lot of theater in those couple of years. Then I was like, I want to continue education because I felt like I wasn't a good enough actor at the time. So I found one of the best acting schools on the planet. And this I, I stand by today. I believe it mm -hmm. is the best acting school on the planet. It is the Neighborhood Playhouse mm -hmm. in New York. Uh, this is where Sanford Meisner taught for many, many years. 58 years? I don't know how many exactly, but as many yeah. years. And he taught many, many Oscar winners. Um, including Alison Janney would, might be the most recent one. She won for Best Supporting Actress, mm -hmm. I, Tanya. Uh, but legends, legends, Diane Keaton, Michael Douglas, uh, Gregory Peck, Steve McQueen, legends, legends, legends. Yeah. Um, so I went there, I studied, and that was a wild experience. That actually made me a capable actor. Um, it also opened me up. It, I learned mm -hmm. about myself, and I acquired the skill set of... Uh, a capable actor would like yeah. they'll cry on cue 20 takes in a row like stuff like that or, or portraying a character well and um with <laughs> with truth with truth like truthfully yeah uh that was two years full-time nine to six in fact it was often longer than nine to six and then i went into the industry as a regular actor auditionings yeah. uh, applying for jobs i had great difficulty Great difficulty. Yeah. I, oh, um, I wear this proudly now. I used to be like ashamed, but uh, now I, I proudly wear that. Um, I, I did not fit in to most boxes that casting directors yeah. were looking for. First of all, I'm Chinese Irish. <laughs> I'm I'm from China and Ireland. I, I'm uh, Irish by nationality. I immigrated, mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, I didn't look like Simu Liu, Henry yeah. Golding, Chris Pang. Uh, I, I wasn't the right height. I wasn't the right body fit. Uh, so I was rejected over, over 3,000 times during that kind of auditioning process. Uh, not not 3,000 auditions, 3,000 applications. Wow. Most of them didn't even make it to auditions. They wouldn't invite me in to see me. And then when, when they did, I had a lot of terrible experiences, like where uh, I'd... I learn my lines for half an hour. I travel an hour to the audition room, <clears throat> wait in the audition room for half an hour. I get in. Uh, the casting director is behind a desk on her phone. And for the entirety, I do not exaggerate here, for the entirety of my audition, my audition the casting director do not look at me. Yeah, That's happened multiple times. Uh, I, I hope that doesn't happen to any other actor who's trying to, to do that. But I, I did not have a good experience auditioning. Uh, and then the pandemic is when everything changed. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, things just stopped. 
there were no auditions. I had booked a few jobs uh, and they just went on hold and eventually got canceled. Uh, that was when I had to take a good look at the industries and uh, apply some strategy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the, the thing that kind of opened my eyes in that time, that was early 2020, was I noticed this extreme imbalance in marketing efficiency between traditional and new media. Yeah. Uh, I'll give a personal example for this. Like I did some research on Google um, because they, they have their marketing budget and stuff public. Uh, Google spent on average, I think, $34,000 that year for 1 million impressions. Mm -hmm. And this includes all of the stuff they did. It includes billboards, includes TV ads, includes, uh, and uh, I don't know what else one of that's. And at the same time, I, my personal experience, I put a brand in front of a million people for $2,000. And we all know, like, it's when the TV ad comes on, you pull out your phone, you don't look at the ad. Yeah, you ignore it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we are much, much more efficient and 10 times, 20 times cheaper. Yeah. So upon noticing that, I was like, all right, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to predict that money is going to shift this way. And when they do, when they want inventory in this field, um, I want to be there. Mm. So upon that decision, I started the content creation journey. I studied many, many creators and all their videos, how they became successful. Um, I put a lot of hours into studying the algorithm, mm -hmm. which is, I, I think I credit my numbers YouTube-wise, my numbers to my knowledge of the algorithm. Mm. Uh, and then started making videos, you know, made a terrible video, 10 terrible videos, 50, 100, 200 terrible videos. And by video number 220, um, I got my first paycheck. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd earned a thousand dollars. And with the thousand dollars, I bought that camera right there. Sony <laughs> a6400, massive shout out. Uh, and then that camera shot another hundred sketches or so for me. Um, and uh, that's how we slowly built to, uh, first of all, having a career, being able to pay rent. I was, I was over the moon. It was, uh, it's like I struck gold. I wanted on the lottery to be able to just pay my rent. And then the business grew bigger. We, we brought on bigger people. And now we're going into much larger directions yeah. of rather than making a video and making money of how do we show the industry that this can be done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by that effect, create a movement of change uh, in both the new media industry and the traditional industry. Uh, so now we're working on that, okay. that kind of cool stuff. Especially, you mentioned <clears throat> a few things that really resonate with me. You said... Yeah. Previously, this was a source of shame, and now you own it. Failure. Merch. <laughs> failure. No, seriously. Failure management, specifically yeah. over 3,000 failed <laughs> applications and auditions, yes. over 200 failed, failed videos. Video. Absolutely. Yeah. When we talk about failure management, it's a funny line, but it's also one of your greatest strengths is. You can stand there and get punched in the stomach <laughs> repeatedly. Yeah. And you kept getting back up. Yeah. I want to share a few thoughts about this. Uh, I, this I hold very dear to my heart and I, I legitimately want to do this for humanity. I want to de-villainize failure as a concept because mm -hmm. it's, it's a disease. We can't. We can't villainize failure. Every great thing came from thousands of mm -hmm. failures, like Edison says, and like um, people who's been there. And uh, I, I, so I want to represent it in a positive light because failure, no matter what you're trying to do, especially if it's a largely impactful thing, 
failure is not an obstacle. It is the road. Mm. That's a strong belief of mine. And I want to do that for humanity. Uh, I want to share something else about, about in the beginning, how I thought about it. <clears throat> and it's very Asian because it's pure math. Yeah. It's pure numbers. Here's how I thought about what I was seeing. I was seeing my rejections and I was seeing those who I looked up to, like Timothy Chalamet, who's an A-lister at 22, 23 years old. Um, there are lucky ones who got hit first time. I don't know sure. if Tim, Timmy's one of them. He, he might not be. I don't know. Uh, but there are. No doubt there are. Like sons of Disney CEOs. Like that's what I'm talking sure. about. Um, I would consider them the lucky ones. <laughs> but... It is really easy to win a one in a million lottery. It's not easy. It's simple. Mm-hmm. You just have to lose a couple million times. Uh, and I, I crafted kind of an identity from that. In our field, we're, we're trying to be one in a million. We're trying to be the absolute yeah. lottery winners. There are lucky ones and then there are unlucky ones. Uh, the lucky one buys a ticket and wins by chance. The unlucky one wins by losing millions of times. Mm. I would much rather be the unlucky ones because we can win as many times as we want. Mm. <laughs> Whereas the lucky guy cannot get a second lucky ticket. Yeah. Uh, so I, sh- I, I pulled that across. And now when I look at everything I do, I, I expect a lot of failures, a lot of rejections in the process of building Ginormo. So, 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 so many things went wrong. So many things. <laughs> the whole process, like of the about 8,000 work hours put into Ginomo from over 100 people for eight months, yet we're, there's still more to go. We're not done yet. <laughs> so yeah. over that time, I'd say, I'd say more than half of the time was dealt with fixing fireballs, things that went wrong, yeah. things that did not work. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's how I feel about failure. And, uh, if I can share that with the young generation and, uh, so, so they're, they're able to wear their failure proudly, I believe that will create more positive impact for humanity. I love that point on the lucky lottery winner. Mm-hmm. Say that they want to pull a lottery ticket again. Mm-hmm. They haven't built up that resilience when yeah. they pull it to dud to keep going for it. And yeah. what you said, Hey, the unlucky one. You've already built up that stomach. Take take thousands of those punches, right. and you got your first one, and you're more than happy to sit and take a thousand more. Exactly, and yeah. you actually can get more. That's it really empowers powerful. you so yeah. much. It absolutely empowers you to not care about what everyone says. Uh, like a lot of people say, I'm in the beginning. What right as I I made the discovery about the imbalance in the two industries. I was so passionate that I told all my friends, guys, you've got to start you creating content, to. guys. That's yeah. where it is. Everyone, everyone looked at me like I was nuts. <laughs> they laughed at me. They were like, Haha, yeah, sure, you do you. Good luck. <laughs> you know, no one took me seriously. Even my closest friends who, who loved me, they were still like, ah, good for you, mate. Do you. But none of them joined. Um, you know, uh, so to have kind of the resilience to, to take that head on and continue getting back up when everyone's laughing at you. That just enables you to do so, so many things in the future. It reminds me of a concept where anytime you're trying to do something mm-hmm. new, 
Yeah. Half the people out there are going to think it's brilliant because there's probably some reason why what you want to do yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And half the people out there think you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> because yes. if everyone thought it was brilliant, it's already done. Mm-hmm. It's precisely because it's still not sure. A lot of people are going to think that you're dumb. Yeah, yeah. And then it's all about, and I, I've thought about it, right? Because these were the questions I was thinking about when I wanted to leave and do a startup, mm, right? Yeah. And I, for a very long time, was very scared and went the very traditional corporate route. I went to Harvard. I worked in investment yeah. banking. I worked in consulting. <laughs> I worked at Instagram. Yeah. Because, and that's why I so admire you at age 13. Be like, I'm going to go for this and you're just sticking with it. I had so much fear. I took a much longer time because every time I'd run into somebody who said, you're an idiot, I'd be like, I guess I'm an idiot. And maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah. And it took me a very long moment until I was like, okay, but like, what if they're wrong? Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, what if they're right? What if structurally, anytime you do something new, there have to be people saying you're an idiot. That's exactly why there's opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so in a weird way, both you and I... Oh my God, that's very fascinating. You and yeah. I came up with different analytical, structural ways to mm-hmm. go through the pain. You're like, well, I have to fail a million times and work to pull that one lucky lottery ticket. Yeah. This makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, exactly because it's new and promising, people will think I'm an idiot. Because otherwise, it would already be done and there'd be I, no opportunity. I just... Oh my God, I understand your perspective. It is so bloody yeah. smart. Wow, that's so smart. <laughs> and so now when I'm trying to do something new and people are like, that's dumb, I'm like, thanks. Uh, thank that's you. how I know there's something good here. <laughs> that's how you know at least no one else has tried it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's how I know yeah. it hasn't been conquered because you think it's really stupid. I'm like, well, maybe I'll be that stupid guy. That's so. fire. I love that so much. But in a way, it's actually... That. it is. Failure management. It's mm-hmm. different structural ways yeah. of being like, I'm okay with putting myself out there, mm-hmm. really trying and having myself slapped down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> ment- mental defenses. Ugh. All right. So, okay. We're going to do something. For those of you who don't know, Stephen and I, we're going to play a game. Okay. It's based on 36 questions to fall in love. The New York Times, they wrote a study. Where they brought together pairs uh-huh. of people randomly selected. I, you know what's so meta right now? Yeah. I watched you on this podcast <laughs> talk about this exact thing on my feed. It's all a simulation. <laughs> and now you're telling me in person. Yes, let me hear it again. Let me hear it. Yeah. So okay. the thinking is how do people get to build relationships? How do people get to build friendships? It's about mm. being vulnerable. Yeah. And not having that slap down because of everything we just talked about, we have to do a lot of work to get through it. But having yep. someone be like, thank you. And let me reciprocate that. Let me share something vulnerable back. That's how you actually get a deepened relationship. So they had pairs okay. of people go through these questions and many pairs became friends. One pair yeah. did marry each that's other and truly fall in love. Wow. And so for me, that's I'm like, uh-huh. well, I hope to get to know you better. Absolutely. So there's going to be three levels of questions and we're going to start off by doing eye contact. Three levels of qu- Three levels okay. of questions, and we start making intimate eye contact with each other. And whoever yeah. looks away first or blinks first has to pull the first question. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I feel like you, having gone through acting, education, <laughs> and school, will be very comfortable with intimacy. A lot of people won't. Yeah, so, that's right. That's right. All right. Three, two, one.
let's do it. Okay, cool. That felt, I've never had someone sit with me that long. Really? <laughs> I'm quite surprised. I really think, you talk about failure management, but really you've learned the art of being <clears throat> vulnerable over and over again in the face of an uncaring yeah. world. And I think to sit with someone and make that sustained moment of intimacy, I think I, upon doing this initially, felt really scared. And I think a lot of people feel that. And you've become so comfortable with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the acting classes. <laughs> well, me, me having dabbled and taken a few acting classes yeah. myself, I think it's just being more in touch with you and getting comfortable with Lovely. that. Okay. So we're going to pull these questions. Okay. Here's the first one. <clears throat> Do you think plants thrive or die in my care? Explain why. That's a good. That's a good question. I hope I didn't. I'm sorry about this. I hope I no, didn't go, go for it. Go for it. Uh, there's a lot of ways to think about it. Actually, I'll just I'll just speak out my thoughts. So mm. so you know, there's content. Um, I think. You are one who chases and who are constantly out. You don't sit down. So to do something like watering a plant every day would be something you would miss on occasion days, on occasional days. Uh, and I'm very much the same. I relate to that. And something that comes out of that is we are, I believe we are similar in the way that we are bad at <laughs> things that regular people would be good at, like, holding a relationship, like remembering to take our girlfriends out on a date, things like that. Yeah. So I believe the plants will die in your care. A hundred percent. One of my friends once gave me a cactus knowing that this might happen. The cactus still died. <laughs> still died. How do you even kill a cactus? I don't know, Stephen, but I found a way. Yeah. I think, right. I think of myself <clears throat> as an incredibly imbalanced human being, <laughs> probably something when I was a kid tied to not getting enough validation and love. And yeah. in a way I was striving, earning to do better, to be better, to feel that. Mm -hmm. I think when I focus on things, I get unhealthily obsessed with yeah. them yeah. and everything else falls to the wayside. And so I've now over the past two years, try to construct my life. So that unhealthy obsession comes off as a positive. So as an example, okay. Turns out in doing a startup, mm -hmm. an unhealthy obsession can be a very good thing. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> because, I agree. Because in the early days, there's nothing. And yeah. if you don't care, nobody else cares. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even now, we've been doing Carrot now for two, three years. We've actually reached a stage where it's no longer there's nothing, there needs to be something. Now we have... Mm -hmm processes and people and employees and systems yeah. where I'm now realizing sometimes that unhealthy obsession again is becoming harmful. Like for example, doing mm. this podcast has been my obsession for the past two months. Fascinating. Okay. Again, I've never done content before and yet yeah. there is some part of me that always wanted to. And the way I justified it to myself was, you know what? I normally be really scared, but number one, it's going to help the company. And number two, yeah. this is the type of content that I want to do anyways. I actually Great. want to get to know you better. So Great. I'm okay yeah. investing myself into this. Yeah. My co-founder came to me the other day. He's like, 
hey, it's great that you've been focusing on the podcast, but like, you realize there's like a lot of other things you need to do as co-CEO. Like there's a lot of plants that need watering Uh that I have not been watering because I've been so focused and excited about doing this. I see. And so I'm still learning to, I know when I care, I go in really hard and I'm still learning to like, okay, cool. Like how do I balance that in the realm of all the other things I need to do? And I think- I respect the challenge, man. Yeah, more and more. It's I think maybe like finding other people to take care of those other things. Mm, Okay. Delegating. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, how, how have you? How have you figured this out? I'm going through this right now. Yeah. Uh, you might have seen my Instagram story this month. I'm doing a, a thing called Crunch Month um, that I designed to challenge this exact challenge to challenge mm-hmm. this exact challenge. Um, I am the same in that I work best focused. If I can spend 12 hours of my day doing one thing, for example, making one sketch, that is where I excel. But this year I have found myself being pulled way too many directions. You know, at any moment there's five people wanting something from me. Um, Legal needs me to read this. I need to go in a meeting. I need to um, uh, talk about PR. I need to get logistics for, for the producing of Ginormo, which is I think the amount of hours spent in meetings in Ginormo, um, and I didn't know it was my first time, so so yeah. I went in and I did a lot. Now I've learned a lot more than I should have done. Yeah. Uh, next time I should get other people in. So uh, yes, I share the same. I share the same big challenge. I designed this month to force myself to evolve and find solutions. Find solutions like time management, yeah. like. Um, Delegating would be a massive one, uh, like my personal discipline. Uh, and uh, I've made a few like advances. Now I ask my friends a lot. For example, I ask Alan, who is one of the most efficient. Um, Alan Chicken Chow. Yeah, Alan Chicken Chow. He is one of the most efficient operators I've ever met, yeah. especially as a YouTuber. So I ask him, hey, how do you, how do, you do this? And he, he says that one of the things he does is he does not look at work. I, I think he meant paperwork. He does not look work, look at paperwork stuff until noon every day. Mm-hmm. So he has a few hours of clear-minded, focused work hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that would help a lot because my hours are a little bit conflicted when I'm when I'm making my sketch in the back of my mind, like, oh, taxes, you know, when I'm in as well, right? Yeah. When you're doing oh, your taxes, you're like, oh, this would be a great sketch. Oh, I've yeah. got to put it to the side. Um, so I think asking my friends is a is a large help. And by the way, you're you're way ahead on this challenge than I am. Uh, there's a lot I want to learn from you as well. Mm. Um, other stuff I found are fitness and health. They will just enable you to operate better in general on everything. Mm. Uh, time management is huge. I'm reading books on it, but I gotta say I'm a lazy person by default. In mm. my genes, I'm a lazy person, so I must um, I must change that. <laughs> Stephen, that last part. Yeah. How could I possibly think of you as lazy when you've spent fucking hours putting together? You know why people don't do things like Genormal, like a production set involving mm-hmm. like eight, ten different YouTubers? Mm-hmm. Because of the amount of sheer work that it is. You know yeah. why not everyone is a hugely successful creator and YouTuber? Because of how hard it is. And so the story I make isn't that. 
you're lazy. And in fact, there are many things I don't want to do either. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, growing up, I was like, yeah, I'm lazy because so my parents would tell me. And I'm like, no, there are things I like to do and things that I don't like yeah. to do. And sometimes if I don't want to do them, I don't do them. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to do them if I think I should. But it's not that you're lazy. It's there are things you just don't like to do as much. True. How can you True. be lazy? You you put in hours. Uh, lifetimes <laughs> getting to where you are now. I'll, I'll show you what I think about this whole this whole thing. Yeah. Um, I do. I truthfully do think I'm lazy. And I'm referring to... Okay. I'll wake up, I'll open my eyes, and I won't want to get out of bed for half an hour. Um, <laughs> I've eaten. I have a meeting in 10 minutes. In that 10 minutes, I don't want to work. Yeah. I just want to... Uh, like that. When... <laughs> <laughs> when if I have a meeting an hour's gap and another meeting in that hour I have no productivity I'm just I just want to sit there I just want to lay there uh, that's what I mean by lazy I here okay here's how like if I were my own employee I'd fire myself <laughs> I would too I wouldn't want to work with me <laughs> I'd, yeah. be, I'd be like why aren't you working yeah. you got 10 minutes there why don't you do uh, something in that 10 minutes sure. you know uh, so that's what I think, and and the way when I when I speak about evolving, uh, it's important to me. I think is a large part of my journey, in that I look at myself in, in terms of identity, and this mm-hmm. is something I learned a very effective way to change. I learned this in in James Clear's book Atomic Habits, where he describes the most powerful kind of mental mindset for change is not desire. I want mm-hmm. to run. Is not action. I run every day. It's actually identity. I am a runner. Mm-hmm. And so how I look at the growth is I look at myself as different versions of me. 2020, 2019 me was a failed actor who could not make rent. Mm-hmm. He has absolutely no chance of executing what I execute. And 2022 me cannot win an Emmy, cannot win an Oscar, cannot make $10 million. That 2023, 2024, me can. So I need to become that person by eliminating traits that that person does not have and obtaining traits like discipline, like time management, like um, a team around me that that person will have. So that's how I look at it. And I I need to, if I want to evolve, I must get rid of those traits that I currently have. It almost strikes me as a very method actor way of. Is that right? I want to become a successful person. 100%. So yes. Let yeah. me figure out how to embody what a successful person oh, would that's do kind of true. That's, and yeah. lean into understanding that so I can become the successful person. There's truth to that. I think. Yeah. I think that I, I do think like that. It's funny. That's the exact opposite of my acting training. <laughs> What's your acting training? Oh, it's very, very. We're rivals. We're actually rivals because of uh, Sanford Meisner and Lee Strasberg's relationship. Yeah. Uh, they had a massive disagreement in acting techniques. They're both legendary acting creators, each having taught yeah. over a dozen Oscar winners. Um, their their conflict was Strasberg believed in using real things yes. like memories or actual real To power people, real the emotions, emotions yes. on what you think the character <clears throat> needs to feel in this moment. Yes. Yeah. And the direct contradiction that Sanford Meisner believed was no, you should not use real things, real events, real people, real memory. Yeah. You should use imagination. Um, 
which created two techniques where the large-scale difference is the direction. Uh, Meisner method acting works a lot, sorry, sorry, uh, method acting, Lee Strasberg, works a lot inward mm -hmm. into your actual traumas or your life or mm -hmm. your relationships, your memories, whereas um, Meisner's, Meisner technique works outward. Mm. While the camera rolls, while you're on stage, your attention is entirely outwards. Not for one second do you think mm. about you, your memories, your, your past. Uh, yeah, and, and there, there's arguments both sides. Of course, I know Meisner's better because I'm a Meisner actor. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, and what like the, the arguments that he makes is that um, imagination is the reason why there's emotion in the first place. Mm. Uh, when a person hears that their dog died, the information doesn't give them any emotion. What comes with emotion is the imagination of, oh, my dog would have loved to walk today. Oh, damn, it's Sunday. He always likes to do the Sunday. That's where the emotion comes yes, from. Yes. The actual mm -hmm. information doesn't generate emotion. It's the imagination that your brain runs that generates the emotion. And other arg arguments are like, um, it's not harmful to the actual actor. Yeah. Whereas, I, I wouldn't know this, but, but a psychologist would know better. If reliving and, uh, and accessing a real yeah. trauma would be harmful to mental health. I don't know that. I, I would like to no, hear. There is there's some risk there, yeah. I see, okay. And the other argument is that imagination is infinite. Uh, your real life memories and stuff lose impact. Mm -hmm. Like I hated a guy when I was 12. Mm -hmm. I don't care about him anymore. Mm -hmm. So that memory has lost impact on me. Right. Whereas imagination never will because each time it's different. Fascinating. And so... You're picturing yourself changing your identity from failed actor yes. to hey, successful creator, but not going to win an Emmy, to maybe the type of person who is and will. Mm -hmm. When you think about getting there, is it then tied in any way? Like you mentioned, <clears throat> all these habits you want to start doing. Mm. What's motivating it? Is it like, this is what future Stephen would do? And so to be like him, I need to do this? Oh, it's motivating? It's, it's impact. Mm. I care about impact more than anything. Now that I, I know I can pay rent, I know that I can relatively take care of my mom and dad. Uh, that was a, a massive driving force before, but I, I have security now. I, I yeah. know I'm paying rent now. So the next... Um, the next kind of goal or what I want to do on this earth is impact. Uh, I look at it kind of large picture in that while I'm in this humanity, I don't think anything's going to matter a million years later anyway. So while I'm here, why not help humanity along? You know, while not make some changes yeah. uh, and uh, just make it a little bit better for people. It could be a couple of people. It could be a couple hundred million people. I love that. I'm going to ask a slightly different question than okay. usually people often ask, well, what do you want to have achieved in a few years? I'm going to ask uh -huh. a different question, tie okay. it in part to your discussion on my scenario and emotion. How do you want to be feeling in two or three years? Oh, wow. That is one of the biggest, that was one of the biggest growth in becoming the version of me now. Huge. I cannot, I cannot tell you how important it is. And that is the feeling of I deserve the ground I stand on. Mm. It was huge. 
I, I lived most of my like, um, I'm only 25 years old, maybe like 22, 23 years. I didn't feel like I deserved to be. I walked into rooms with my head down. Uh, I wasn't worthy. That's what I felt because I had not earned my worth mm. in society, in a job, in a relationship, in a family, in humanity. Yeah. Uh, the biggest difference in feeling is now when I walk on ground, I feel like I deserve to walk on that ground because I've earned my right to walk wow. there. Uh, so that, if it's huge, it's huge. It, made, it makes you stand taller. You know, it makes you look people more securely in the eyes. It, it very much changes a person. I love that. Uh, the next feeling, <clears throat> the next level of feeling, that's very fascinating. I'd like to look people in the eyes knowing that I caused a positive change. That's my place in the world. I brought wow. something positive into it. Um, and I feel like when I, get, when I get that feeling, I would be less insecure. Mm -hmm. I would have less of those kind of emotions, um, competition, things like that. I, I would feel more comfortable letting other people surpass me and then helping them surpass me. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't need to fight for the number one spot anymore because I'm comfortable in being me. So that I think is the next step. It's like Jim Carrey's, you know, ultimate uh, form. <laughs> I feel like that's the next step. <clears throat> I'll tell you a huge positive change in my life because I uh -huh. met you when you told me about taking acting lessons. Part of me, you know, I didn't think of it any for like three, four, five, six weeks, uh -huh. but it was in my head floating. And that's why I was like, maybe I should do one too, because it's a side of myself I've always wanted to explore. Fascinating. And I've okay. really enjoyed it. And that's something I wouldn't have done. Yeah had I not had the conversation with you at VidCon. Oh my God, how did, wow, I see. So it went really far. That one conversation went really oh yeah, far. I didn't, to be clear, it's not like, <laughs> I don't think human minds work like, oh, I talked with you. I'm like, oh, let's, let's go do this, right? I didn't think yeah. around that particular facet consciously much at all. But I think so much of who we are, it's not just what we're thinking, it's our unconscious. Oh, and I yes, think there's a part absolutely. of me that heard what you said and sort of just sat on it. Okay. Sort of considering it because see, sometimes, right, you wake up one day and you're like, yeah, I'm going to start making YouTube videos, right? <laughs> I woke up one day. I'm like, I'm going to go do a company. I'm going to go into acting school. Yeah. These changes aren't really instant. It's something that you deep down have been considering for a long, long time. And there's often bits of inspiration that you're taking. For mm -hmm. me, that was it. I really think I never even thought about it before. Right. And then you mentioned it. And I was like, huh. And then I met someone else who also mentioned it. And then you're like, huh. And then one day I woke up, I was like, yeah, this has now overcome the activation energy to go and actually look into this and sign up. Wow, that is the most technical way of describing that. Activation yeah. energy? Yeah. I need to write that down. Okay. Because life, it's about inertia. Like we talk about habits, right? Okay. And in a way you're describing to be future Steven, who continues to feel more secure having earned the ground I stand on and looking yeah. people in the eye saying, I've made a positive change in your life and being able to win an Emmy, you're saying part of it is you're starting to take on the habits of that Steven. Yeah, yeah. And I think habit, in fact, is this whole bodily mentality of tomorrow is going to be like yesterday, right? It continues on and on around what you do. And it's so hard to change your habit. It's so hard to change mm -hmm. that bodily sense of, I want tomorrow to be like yesterday because it's safe. 
Mm. It requires energy to break through it yes. than to develop these new habits that are going to put you into another level. And I think if you were the first person who ever mentioned that acting class to me. And then again, I met a couple other people who also mentioned it. And then one day you're like, yeah, I'm ready. Like I want to explore and look yeah. into this more. That's awesome. I want to chat more about acting to you because it, it, it impacts you in more ways. And I think... I think it has what you're looking for. You're not looking for becoming a no. actor, <laughs> but I know yeah. what you're looking for, and I can tell you more about that. What do you think? What do you think I'm looking for? The what acting did to me. I, I'm sorry. Can we? Can we just check that? I didn't mess this up. Exactly. For those who don't know, <laughs> we were both worried that the microphones weren't picking things up. And I think Stephen, because you and I are similar, just like you're in the middle of doing an interview, you're thinking about your taxes. Uh -huh. It's like we are getting to know each other, and I was like, holy fuck, I hope we're capturing this. A hundred percent. Oh no, Steven, I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> I'm very glad I brought it up. I'm gonna check one more time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That is okay. so funny. Now, I, okay. I really think, yeah, when you said yeah. that, I was like, yeah, I really get that. Dude, the second I met you, the second I met you, <sighs> I knew we were very similar people. Yeah, it was so, great, man. So, acting, I yeah, think, what you think I'm looking for? Uh, man, we're about to get truthful. Uh, a large part of being a good actor is understanding your, your instrument. Um, that's how we describe ourselves. Like, I don't make that up. Our whole industry describes herself as instruments. Uh, and... Um, Half the skill is understanding and half the skill is using your instrument. You need to know what your notes are and then you need to know how to use your notes, how to play them. <clears throat> Knowing what your notes are means to have access to the things that make you, you. Mm. In us lives a countless number of moments in me lives the moment that my mom left me to go to Ireland and I didn't see her for two years. Lives the moment that when I was six, I'd watch all my classmates get picked up by their parents and I walk home alone. Lives the moment of my first heartbreak. Lives yeah. the moment of losing a friend. Lives the moment of the fear you know, telling my mom, crying, saying, mom, I don't know if I'll ever make minimum wage acting. Yeah. In us lives these countless moments. A great actor knows their instrument. I believe that's what you want. You want to know the reason you feel ways about things, the reason you act certain ways about things. And once you know it, you gain power over it. I'll give an example personally. I was the most jealous boyfriend, the absolute most jealous boyfriend. I would get really pissed. Um, but after the journey of learning my instrument, I learned why. I was an extremely jealous boyfriend <clears throat> because of many moments that live in me that hurts. And uh, it's anger manifested by fear I felt what it's like to watch a person walk away. And I don't feel I'm worthy of dating the girl who's looking at a hotter guy, making more money with a better job. That fear became the anger that is jealousy. Uh, so that's just one aspect. But once I learned my instrument, that is these millions of moments that live inside me, I gained power over it. I could 
overcome and tame what lived inside me. Anger, jealousy, fear, uh, feelings of inadequacy, insecurity. That's what I think you want. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> and then if you want to become an actor, just learn to use them. Flip them on for 20 takes in a row in front of a camera. <laughs> and you're a good actor. <laughs> I... I'm a very emotional person. Okay. And I, you know, my friends ask me, why don't I drink at all? Mm. Or I've never taken drugs in my life ever. Same. Good. And they ask me why. And it's because whether or not I seem like it to the outside world, I know I am such an emotional person that I worry if I were to lose control of that, hmm. bad things would happen. Mm -hmm. Because me being completely sober, it's about harnessing and managing the really strong emotional currents that I have. When things go wrong, I am very reactive and I get really upset. Uh, and I'm always thinking and feeling something. In fact, even talking with you now, there's a deep sense of, oh God, I feel so connected and a deep sense yeah. of, am I worthy of sitting here yeah. and getting to talk with you right now? There's that underlying current of anxiety. Hmm. Am I good enough to be worth your time? Mm-hmm. And I Hopefully feel that I, share that I share that for sure throughout most, frankly, all of my living, breathing experiences as a human and it's hard. And so I think, as you said, I think there are so many moments conscious and unconscious why mm. that is. And yeah, I think I want to understand myself better more than anything. Yeah. So when you talk about thinking about acting as you're an instrument and if you yeah. want to use it well, you need to understand it first. I'm like, yeah, I'll share, you know, you mentioned early on around mm. taking care of plants that maybe I might not always be good at relationships either. Yeah. Yeah. That's really true. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I know. I know. I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same. And... <laughs> I often find myself dating people who are very emotional. And I thought about it, and it's because I'm emotional, right? In some ways, the person you date is attracted to you, and you're attracted to them mm. for a reason. I don't know if you're familiar with attachment style. Have you heard of this before? No, I don't think so. So it's this concept of the love you received as a child dictates how you receive love as an adult. And if your parents were always there for you with unconditional support and love whenever you needed it, you were very secure. And if they weren't, yeah. one way you handle it is by becoming anxious, desperately seeking out that validation of love from the person okay. that they still care about you, that they're still close with you. I see. Okay. And the other is you become avoidant. You deal with the fear that they don't like you anymore by pretending to yourself that you don't really care. 
I see. And what happens is anxious and avoidant people date each other because they both fit into each other's stories of what they fear is the worst that could happen to them. An anxious person forms a story around, I have to work so hard for love because the other person's always going to be trying to draw away. Mm-hmm. An avoidant person has a story, I have to protect myself because people who get too close to me, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. The two affirm each other's stories. And an anxious person dates an avoidant person, it's like, yeah, I have to keep trying. But if they date a secure person, they don't have to try. And then it feels weird because they've learned to associate love with trying really hard. You have to earn it. To you don't deserve it, it if you don't earn it. And if yeah. I'm not working for it, then I don't deserve it. Yes. And I think for me, there's this huge perception on my mind, Stephen. I have to earn love, which means I date people who make me feel like, yes, I am earning it. And if I'm dating people who don't make me feel it, then I feel weird. I'm like, oh, I don't feel connected to you. Why is that? I don't understand. I, I can't believe that. I, I share the thought that I don't believe love until I earn it thought. I actually, yeah. I believe the same for myself. Uh, but I think I've, I found comfort with it. Yeah. There is the, I often think of it as a value exchange, which is very void of emotions. Here's what the value I provide and here's the value I receive in return. And if they are equal, that is a good relationship. If they are unfair, then it is an unfair relationship. Um, So I very, very much relate to that. And I wonder what the solution is for us. I don't know, man. (laughs) I think part of maybe that's why I'm taking acting classes to understand myself better. I have a feeling once you do like once you have faced the moment that live inside you that causes yeah. this you will be able to wield it you'll be able to tame it um and have a feeling then instead of being a victim of the moments that live inside you yeah. turn them into a strength you know if they're not working for you in relationships then just tell them hey i'm chill now I don't need, I don't need, um, I don't need to feel this way of insecurity or, or fear or anger. Uh, and then when you do need them, I have to become the best at this. All right, let's fucking go. Power up Naruto Nine Tails mode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get it. Yeah, I, I do believe it'll help. I do believe so. I feel like first, the very initial thought you shared here today was, Hey, I'm about to share with you my story of going on auditioning, having over 3,000 applications and failing every single time and worrying about making minimum wage and not supporting anyone. And you said, yeah. I feel a lot of shame around this. And you <laughs> shared it anyways. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, and one of my previous discussions with actually Nas Daily, that's the first time I've really started uh-huh. to share openly, like, yeah, like I was fired from my last job, right? Okay. Because I felt and still feel a deep degree of shame associated with that. And I, th- I see. Okay. am now understanding, it's like you said, when you feel shame, it's because there's a sense of, I really fucked up and I'm a victim. And now when I share this with him, when I share this with you, it becomes slightly less bad. <laughs> like... Yes. 
hey, maybe it's not a thing to be ashamed about. Maybe it's something to feel good about. When you told me your story, I know that you felt that degree of negative emotions before, but I'm listening to, I'm just like, wow, that's someone I admire so much to just keep trying. I, in fact, feel so much more admiration than that guy who just pulled the lottery ticket and just walked in and got that role. And I think I'm learning that the moments of shame and vulnerability that I feel with the people that I care about and trust, they don't see it as weakness. They see it as strength because it's actually harder to open up on those moments. You're so right about that. You are especially for men, given our culture. Yeah. It is extremely powerful and everyone will respect that. I didn't do therapy for years because, you know, yeah. I grew up in a household where like, we were just like, this is what weak pussies do, <laughs> you know? I've never been to therapy even till this day. Because it's really scary. And I tried it and it never stuck until I, at age like 28, I had a moment where I was like, oh my fucking God, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life. Uh-huh. And I would like be in conversations. I remember going to a coworker and being like, do you think I need therapy? And she's like, I don't know, like what's going on? And I started talking to her. And then this is at work, by the way, it's like a coworker. <laughs> I'm talking to her about this because she was so open about her mental health journey. Yeah. And I was like, okay, here's someone I can ask about. And I'm like talking to her. And I'm like, oh, I'm crying. That's weird. <laughs> That's and she was like, yeah, okay, you should definitely do this. And I was like, huh, yeah. all right. And now I've been doing it for three years. And yeah, it's been really helpful. Good, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, 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 acting will absolutely help you there then. <sighs> I still haven't been to therapy. Yeah. Um, but I know, I know myself. I know the moments that, are, that live in me. Yeah. And uh, I have gained control over them. To the yeah. point where, you know, to the skill set of an actor. So, um, yeah, I feel comfortable being me. That's great. Like that, I, I might have, I might call that the most definitive point of where <laughs> my mental health is. And it is this absolutely undoubtable point that there is not a single person on this planet that I would rather be than me. Mm. If I could switch places with Tom Holland this second, I would no chance much rather I love be that. made uh, yeah having having power over the moments that live inside you I think will will give you great great strength I love that I also bet Tom Holland's gonna watch this and say fuck you Steven why don't you like me I love your videos <laughs> you just broke his heart <laughs> oh boy how can I break his he, he's got he's got everything Let's, uh, I think we're ready yeah. for level 3 Sure, let's, let's, let's go. Get, for let's see if you want to you want to try one? Oh, sure, I'll try one. What is this game called, by the way? We're not really strangers. We're not really strangers. Okay. Level three, reflection. When this game is over, what will you remember about me? So the first time I watched your videos, before I'd ever met you in person, yeah. I was like, hey, he's really funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's good at YouTube. All the YouTube views are going up. Mm. And he's Asian. Yeah. That's cool. Like, huh. That's different. And I love to get to know him better. Okay. But I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> but you okay. know, I'm just sitting there watching the videos. Like you watching yeah. KSI. You're like, neat. Exa- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, neat, neat. <laughs> okay. And then at VidCon, I saw you at dinner. Mm. And then I walked over with an impression of like, wow, like YouTube is really just the surface. 
Like it's oh. the thinnest <laughs> slice of a lot of experiences you've been through and just the earliest signs of what you want to do next. I remember the time you were so passionate about talking about filmmaking, about ginormal. Yeah. Which I didn't even fully understand at the time, right? Because many YouTubers mm-hmm. do collaborations with each other, right? Mm-hmm. It's yep. very common. And at first I was like, oh, it's like a big collaboration. And I'm like, yeah. oh no, actually, this is you trying to take the best of what's worked in the YouTube world, which is like, mm-hmm. hey, like here's an iPhone, I'm gonna shoot myself and I have millions of views mm-hmm. with yeah. Hollywood, which is scripted narrative and traditionally way more expensive mm-hmm. to reach an extremely high level of cultural impact and outcome. And you're like, well, why can't there be something in between that does a bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there are a very few number of people like you trying to do it, right? Usually people mm-hmm. are all like, oh, like how do I become the biggest YouTube TikTok star ever? Or maybe how do I use YouTube to break into acting? Or, yeah. oh, like I come from the traditional filmmaking world and I guess this is like what brings in the bills. And in a weird yeah. way, you're kind of doing both. And I walked away and be like, wow, like that's really impressive from like a business achievement perspective. And now I think the biggest moment I would remember is you're like, hey, you sharing all these moments you've had and learning to own them because to understand yourself better as an instrument, as an actor, to believe you've now earned the ground that you can walk on. That's what I'm going to remember now. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That had more impact than the the business stuff or the videos or the filmmaking stuff. Because here's why. Yeah. When I was just looking at your video views, I'm like, wow, like Steven's accomplished really great things. And so the way my mind works is like, Steven is worth getting to know and meeting because he's accomplished these great things. <laughs> Steven is great because he's accomplished great outcomes. He's got over a million followers. Like I should get to know him. Now, you are great. Of course you had a million views on whatever and you're a successful creator and all those things and your normal whatever. How could that not happen? Well, the things that underneath. Because of who you are. Mm. You aren't great because you did great things. You did great things because you're great. Can I share something about that? I can't believe you're, you're like completely affirming this. Uh, this was a journey. I know for a fact I wasn't great, uh, far, far from great. Um, but I believed through what I saw that what makes a person successful is not circumstance, it's character. Yes. And that's when I started the evolving identity journey. Uh, so these things, I don't believe I was born talented apps I've, i know i'm not the rejection slapped into my face hard enough i know i know i'm not like, okay talented. thank you casting director <laughs> i get the point yeah uh, i know i'm not handsome enough not tall enough not the right guy sure. in the right place at the right time i was a chinese 13 years old trying to be an actor in ireland when has ireland ever had a chinese character um i was in the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong situation with the wrong resources um but I believed that character, 
is what made a person successful. And that makes every other one of those things irrelevant. And so I started on this journey of becoming this person who was capable of doing these things. And I'm still on, I have a very, very far way to go. So thank you very much for that. That um, I'm very, very grateful that someone kind of sees it. I have zero doubt in my mind that all these things you've described, you're going to yeah. do because it's like the grit, the strength of character. How could you not? <laughs> yeah, actually. I actually did the math. This is how Asian I am. Yeah. I actually did the math on the million lottery, uh, the million, one in a million lottery ticket theory. Yeah. I, I ran the math on if each ticket had a one in a million chance of winning. If you buy a million tickets, that's about 65% points on the percent chance. Yeah. If you buy two million tickets, it's about 83. If you buy three million tickets, if I remember correctly, your chances of winning at least one is 98.3 something percent. So that's a very good point you bring up. How can you not when you buy three million exactly. tickets? Exactly. That's a very good, yeah. It, I'm sure you've heard the... Bruce Lee framing, I fear not the man who's practiced 10,000 punches. I fear the man who's practiced one punch 10,000 times. <laughs> I, I fear not the man who's super lucky and goes in and buys a lottery ticket yeah. and wins. I fear the man who has enough mental fortitude and resources to go buy an infinite number of lottery tickets. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> now with that frame, everyone will, will share that because it's such a visual, visceral example, right? Yeah. If you buy infinite tickets, you're way more powerful than the yeah, lucky and it's, guy. Yeah, and it's hard because every time yeah. you buy a lottery ticket, right, mm -hmm. you're using a little bit of emotional fortitude and vulnerability. Every time you go and you put yourself out there, yeah. right, every time you applied for an yeah. addition, every time you made a video, you put exactly. a little bit of yourself out there on that ticket. That's why yeah. That's why people aren't just going and buy millions of lottery tickets because it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> that's right. But yeah. if you, you have the character to just keep buying those tickets and keep just yeah. sending them through. Yeah. The funny thing is you're going to get a few winners Yeah. and then people are going to come to you mm -hmm. and some of them are going to be like, wow, this is so cool. Like Steven is great because he had this. That's why I was initially because I didn't know anything about you. Uh, right. Yeah. And there are other people who are going to come and be like, yeah, he's just like lucky. He was a guy who was born and walked into the office and just got a lottery <laughs> ticket and yeah. it was a winner. <laughs> What's amazing is I, I've studied a lot of successful people. There's more than you think. There's yeah. more unlucky ones like us than you think. And you're definitely Believe one of them. That. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll keep going. I would like to answer this for you. Please. I think, is that what? Yeah. Oh, we should have these done are, the opposite. No, no, Stephen. Yeah. These are all just ways for us to get to know each other better. So right, please, okay. I want to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this really, really striked me that I... I that um, it, it didn't surprise me because I could see it, but it was deeper than I had thought. Yeah. Uh, you have one of the most strongest emotional reserves I have ever seen. What I mean by that is the moments that live inside you are significantly stronger than most people I have ever met. Mm. Significantly stronger. And as a result, they cause everything you're describing, your strong emotions and stuff. And how I, the reason that has caused such a big impact on me is now that I have seen it, I feel so strongly for you. 
You know what I mean? I, I feel. Um, I wish had I power, I wish the world would have treated you better because I think you deserve better. That's the impact that you've had on me. The way I see it, Stephen, the world is treating me better because yeah. I get to meet someone like yourself, get to actually know you better as a human mm. being and to hear you share that with me. I mean, to me, the highest power of all is just like God, friendship, right? Like, uh. think about it. Like, we come into this world alone and at some point we'll die alone. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, because if I can meet people who I feel understand me mm. and I can understand in turn, that's, that's the most precious and valuable of all. And I'm like, Stephen, you've been through so much. So to hear you say that to me means a lot more. Like I would rather, I guess we're just going to keep shitting on Tom Holland today. Tom Holland came in today and he's like, Eric, you're a cool guy. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. thanks, I guess. But like, you don't understand me. Like, Nito, yeah. like how much do they pay you to say that? <laughs> Hashtag Spider-Man 4. Uh, go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> go watch Spider-Man 4. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it means a fuck ton more coming from you. I see. Thank you. Yeah, that struck me very, very yeah. impactfully. Awesome. Should we do more? Let's uh, let's do it. Let's let's do, let's do a couple okay. more. All right. What do you think our most important similarity is? <laughs> We're like the same person. <laughs> <laughs> We're practically the same person. <laughs> most important? What makes us, what makes us is very similar, you and me yeah. specifically. And that grows into how we build our defense mechanisms, how we structure our paradigms around, um, how we learn to behave, how we learn to cope. Yeah. We start from the same thing that makes both of us. Yeah. Uh, and that's like that makes perfect sense then that we're very similar yeah so that's, that's i feel I mean. like you are an emotionally thoughtful and sensitive person and so when events happen you feel them a lot yeah, and then it's yeah. how how we how we ensure our emotions and experiences don't just overwhelm us mm. how do we accept them feel them and move forward with them and there's clearly many different ways and frameworks and structures totally. you and I have both learned totally, yeah. to take that intensity and filter into something a little bit more manageable yeah. and also open yourselves up a little bit more to be like, it's okay, I feel this way. Yeah. All in an attempt to, oh, I feel so many things. And how do I manage that? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, people would look at you, Stephen, 
and just be like, wow, this guy's just like hugely successful. Like, of course, <laughs> like this must be so easy for him. Oh, like they don't have any problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like, yeah, oh yeah. Like, and no, no, it's super hard. <laughs> but you do yeah. it anyways. That is, yeah, I believe that to be true for a lot of successful people. We, we don't know their stories, so we couldn't possibly judge them fairly. <laughs> nice. Okay, it's so my turn. Yeah. Let's go for let's, it. Let's, let's do this last one. All right. Okay. Well, we can do a different one. If you don't like it, we can no, do a different I, it's one. It's not that I don't like it. We kind of already said it, but actually, oh, I, let's I, see I, if it's a creative answer. Okay. As a child, what do you think I wanted to be? So the obvious answer I already said is actor, but but I'd like to hear a creative answer if you have one. My first thought was, I think you and I, what would have been like if we met as kids? <laughs> That was my first thought. And then my second thought was probably not well because I, I was very bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was very bad at like being friends with people. Um, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, and then I, and then I was thinking about, huh, okay. I still would have liked this to me anyways. And I think. I think young Steven if if he could meet you as you are now hmm. and you can meet him and you could sit down and tell him everything that you just told me, mm -hmm. like you're going to go through thousands of failed applications and tons oh, of people boy. thinking you suck. You're going to yeah. wake up one day and realize that you don't look the right way. You're not the right place. You're not in the right networks and you're going to fail. Yeah. And you're still going to get through it and feel a degree of success and love from friends, supporters, and relationships, and from the world that you never would have thought possible. Mm. My my thinking is young Stephen would have been like, maybe this is what I wanted all along. <laughs> Just to feel recognized and yeah. appreciated. Well, that's that's core. That's core. Um the re the everyone, in fact, I believe most actors this to be true for. The reason I became an actor is because I wanted validation. Yeah. I wanted people to appreciate me and, and to make me feel like I deserve to be, just be. Yeah. Um, so that's why I wanted to become an actor. Uh, yeah, and I, I've fulfilled that to a degree. I don't know if it's fully fulfilled, but yeah, I fulfilled you want, that. You want more. You want Stephen of 2022, 2023, 2024. Oh, much less now. Yeah. Much, much less now because the direction is different. For the last couple of years, the direction was I wanted people to validate me that I deserve mm -hmm. to be here. And now the direction has changed to them. I want them to be able to benefit now. And if uh, someone else comes and takes the spotlight and no one even knows that I'm behind it, I, I don't mind because yeah. they matter more to me than I do now. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, a, bit, a bit of a difference. Well, what would you tell young 13-year-old Stephen if you... Oh, I'll be absolutely honest. 
<laughs> I want to avoid it. Okay. So like, for example, if I magically time traveled back to like 12 year old Steven and, uh, and, I, and I saw him around the corner, I was like, oh my God, there he is. I would hide and not affect him at all because I really don't want anything different. The way that is me, I, I feel like is the absolute what? best possible. What a statement. You're like, I don't need to tell him anything because... Because he is going through shit and I want him to. Yeah. That gave him, which is now me, great power once I learned to wield it. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 when I said there's not a single other person I'd rather be, I mean that. So uh, if I change 12-year-old me, he might try to be different. So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hide and watch that. him go through his day. <laughs> <laughs> no, to let him grow into the man you are now. Uh, yeah, yeah. With all of the, the trauma, the hardship, those moments, he needs them. Because without those moments, he'd be, be less you. powerful. He wouldn't be you. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Steven, I think. Yeah. Come here. Give me a hug. Uh, 